Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is at the airport flying to another city to preach the gospel. I have my guardian angel with me, and today's topics are fantastic. And I tell you that because one of the great doctors of the church is St. Alphonsus Liguri. He wrote a book on the priesthood, and he says in this article that God, it's a warning, he says, God sees scandalous priests as, as a bear sees threats to her cubs. Fantastic article, and I would encourage you after this to get a copy of that book. Tan Books publishes it, and give it to your priest, because I know that it's a fantastic book. I'll give some history on it a little later. Also, good news here in California. California, the state, must pay churches $1.4 million for trying to make them fund abortions, Judges, uh, the judges rule. And I'm going to get into that, why that is an important decision for California regarding the conscience clause and why it's important for the rest of the country. Also, for your good-to-know file, as you know, I'm in Los Angeles, and the Los Angeles Dodgers are unfortunately awarding this year's Community Hero Award to an obscene anti-Catholic group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. This award, which will be presented to the Blue Shield of California on June 16th, celebrates the 10th annual LGBTQ night at Dodger Stadium. Now, the problem is the, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are sacrilegious. And so I think I'll be the first one to say I'm not putting my foot at Dodger Stadium again because of this. This is outrageous. Also, good to know file. Trump bashes DeSantis banning abortions on babies with beating heart. It's too harsh. Well, Mr. Trump, President Trump, former President Trump is wrong on this. Uh, DeSantis wants to uh, make it so that six weeks, anything after six weeks, you can't have an abortion. Well, that's getting closer to the football, to the touchdown with the football analogy. So I would say Mr. Trump, President Trump is wrong on that. DeSantis is right. We're making progress. Remember, there's no perfect candidate. Who's going to lead the foot, bring the football closer to a touchdown? And uh, that's why I bring these things up. Also, this is something you're good to know, File. I always think of people who we need to pray for. And this is a, a late-term abortionist, Warren Hearn. He admits of being a stone-cold killer for 50 years. And this man has no regrets. Wait till you hear about the Fulton Sheen quote. This ties right into this. This man uh, is still, he's 84 years old. His zeal for killing unborn babies is unbelievable. Yeah, he, uh, he'll do late-term abortions. Well, cost you $6,000. And he's so committed to killing unborn babies that if for some reason the woman can't afford to pay the whole bill, he'll end up paying the bill himself. Now, where's our zeal on the other side? That's why I bring this up to us. Need to know file. Why? Because we've got people who are so evil and willing to sacrifice everything for the killing of innocent life. I find that reprehensible, obviously, but it makes the analogy, what are we willing to do for the good side, God's side? This man, unfortunately, doesn't, probably doesn't realize it, but he's working on Satan's side. All right, we're going to get to our topics, but let's get to some soul food right away. This is the Gospel of John. Again, please take heed. Read the whole Gospel of John. It's a beautiful Gospel. That's why they call it the Gospel of Love. His Trinitarian teachings, I'm, we're going to get into that here. Uh, the reading is from John 16, verse 12 to 15. 
Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. And he and he and he will not speak of his own, but he will speak of what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What I want to read from you in this gospel is the Catholic Church's teaching right out of the Catechism about the Trinity. So important to understand. And it's paragraph 234 in the Catechism. It says, The mystery of the Holy Trinity is central, is the central mystery of Christian faith and life. It is the mystery of God in himself. It is therefore the source of all other mysteries of faith, the light that enlightens them. It is the most fundamental and essential teaching in the hierarchy of the truths of the faith. The whole history of salvation is identical with the history of the way and the means by which one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit reveals himself to men and reconciles and unites with himself those who turn away from sin. So the Trinitarian life is all revealed in the mystery of the Trinity, right? How the church has articulated the doctrines of the faith regarding this mystery, how by divine missions of the Son, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, fulfills the plan of loving goodness of creation, redemption, and sanctification. You can continue to read more paragraphs in the Catechism, 237, 239 is very good, 240, and read about the Trinity. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. now remember, we talked about that abortionist who for 50 years, he's 84 years old, and he's continually striving to kill unborn babies for 50 years. So I, I got a picture of him. I'm going to pray for him, and I hope you will too. His name is Warren Hearn, H-E-R-N. And let's pray for his conversion because at age 84, it doesn't look good for him because, you know, he doesn't know how many more days or weeks or weeks or years he has left at age 84. None of us do. But the point I'm making is that uh, he, he is so set on wanting to kill unborn babies, it's really just uh, something that I think we need to pray for because his soul is in risk of going to hell for all eternity. Wow. I want to talk about guilt because obviously Mr. Hearn doesn't understand guilt because he says, I'm happy to do it. I enjoy killing unborn babies. I'm providing a great service. What? Talk about being stupid because of sin. Wow. Here's what Bishop Sheen says. A man cannot escape what he is flying from. Guilt pursues him like, almost like a shadow. Good analogy. He reaches a point 
where he is no longer a bad man, but an evil man. I've given the example of this abortionist. He's an evil man. A bad man will do wrong things, such as things as cheating, stealing, slander, murder, and violate that. But he will still admit the law. In other words, he goes to confession. He says, I was wrong. I repent. But an evil man, on the contrary, may not do any of these bad things. He's concerned not with the concrete, but with the abstract. His desire is to completely destroy goodness, religion, morality, and a mad bigotry. Well, I I got that. And here's an example of what Bishop Steen is talking about. This doctor is in Colorado, and he's been running this abortion clinic for 50 years, and in that state there are no restrictions for abortion. So his business is booming 50%, he said. He said, because if a woman wants one, regardless of gestation of how long she's been pregnant, I'll provide it. He said, a late-term abortion will cost about $6,000. And the National Abortion Federation or other abortion funds sometimes cover some of the costs. Wow. Hearn will sometimes cover even the cost himself, a procedure that takes three or four days. I won't go into what he does But the bottom line is he's murdering innocent life. And that's why, you know, know, people like Bishop Strickland and Father Frank Pavone and others who are constantly talking about protecting the unborn, we we, we can never talk enough. We always have to defend life. When you've got millions of babies being murdered through abortion, you think I'm going to be quiet? Even if the state says, shut up, I say, no, I can't. Just like the Acts of the Apostles we've been reading about this a month right now. They say, you can't be preaching about Jesus. No, I'm I'm going to preach about Jesus. Well, we're going to throw you in jail. We're going to persecute you. We're going to you know, do all kinds of bad things. Well, do what you got to do, brother, because life is short and eternity is forever. And I'm willing to take the, the cost of discipleship. We have to become first century Christians again because the persecution is here and it's going to get worse, folks. Trust me. I believe we're all going to be challenged about our faith in a way that is going to be very powerful. And I want to encourage you to read the lives of the saints because they'll give you inspiration to do the right thing. When we come back, oh, by the way, I got Church Militant coming on uh, the last segment because it's Wednesday here. Um, The St. Alphonsus Liguori, doctor of the church, he's warning, says God sees scandalous priests as a bear sees threats to her cubs. I'm going to share with you this book by St. Alphonsus Liguori, The Dignities of the Priest, Dignities, Responsibilities of the Priesthood. It was written four or five hundred years ago, but every priest should have a copy of it because it'll keep him focused on his ministry rather than the world. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Wow, I got a good comment that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they're not sisters. They're uh, homosexuals and lesbians who are mocking the Catholic Church. So I just want to make sure you understand that. And the things they do 
to mock it are sacrilegious. I can't even describe it on the air. Hey, I wanted to talk about St. Alphonsus Liguori. He's a doctor of the church. He, he's, uh, he's, the, he's the founder of the Redemptorist Fathers, if you've ever seen those priests all around the world. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because when I was a younger man in the 1970s, I went around helping a priest when I was in the monastery, Father Ron Tangen, promote St. Alphonsus Liguori's books. And he printed like hundreds of thousands of the different books that St. Alphonsus wrote. He wrote over 100 books. And one of them was on the dignities and duties of the priesthood because it converted him to become a priest. And I just think that in this time that we're living in, where the scandal is so prevalent, I'm convinced that this book would help people. Now, a priest friend of mine told me the story that in Naples, Italy, remember St. Alphonsus came, was an Italian, about 100 years ago, there was a priest preaching on this book to the priests. It's a priest retreat. And when he was preaching about, you know, being faithful to Christ and, you know, living a Christ-centered life and not getting into the worldliness or women are uh, drinking or any of these problems, there was one priest in the back. He was laughing. Like, oh, yeah, no big deal. And so the chaplain who was preaching challenged the young man who was a priest and um, said that they got wisdom that knowing that this man was living a, a double life. He was living with a woman. And the priest actually, are you ready for this? He actually called him out and said, you need to repent. And if you don't, you're going to hell. And the guy just laughed at him. And then right in front of all the other priests, this man died. And it just made such an impression on all the priests that were there about this whole issue of the priesthood by St. Alphonsus Liguori that they all became very serious about their priesthood and it really blessed all the other priests. So that's why I'm bringing this book up. Now, our good friend at the National Catholic Register, Edward Penton, wrote the article and he summarized the book. He said, how, he said this, Bad examples, yeah, he, he said this. The bad examples of priests, says the doctor of the church, robs Jesus Christ of souls redeemed by his blood. See, you can tell the spirituality of a parish by its priests. Right? You can see how reverent they are at Mass. The people will be more reverent. If they're not, the people follow that. So how important it is for priests to avoid the sin of scandal? We're bringing it up today because of what we've been through the last couple decades. Whether it is through sinful actions, hypocrisy, or spreading false doctrine. We have priests. I mean, I pray. I, I name them because I want you to pray for them. Uh, Father James Martin is an example. He's spreading false doctrine regarding homosexuality. And he doesn't agree with St. Paul in the Bible that condemns it. He said it. I want to pray for him because he's doing what St. Alphonsus is saying. You're, you're seeing, you're going to, you're threatening, you're seeing, it's like a bear that sees threats like to her cubs. In other words, you're downplaying the faith to a point where you're watering it down. Now, 
In a chapter entitled The Sin of Scandal, in his book, The Dignities and Duties of the Priest, St. Alphonsus Liguori, remember he's a doctor of the church, pulls no punches in alerting priests to this grave danger, both in terms of their eternal salvation and that of others. I would say this, that if you want to just give your priest a link to this show, he'll get some of it if he won't read the big 300-page book. Now, St. Alphonsus' teaching is especially relevant to our time. Now, I know I have good priests in my parish. You know, despite the good example of most priests, I hope certain clergy and bishops continue to make headlines in our news. Saturated media on the account of scandalous behavior, whether it be sexual abuses, heretical teachings, or financial imp- and uh, improprieties. So these are the problems that we have going on right now. So this book is even more important. The consequences of these actions are great, writes St. Alphonsus. If in a secular society, the sin of scandal is so detestable, he notes, how much greater must it be if malice in the priest whom God has placed on earth to save souls and to conduct them and direct them to heaven. That's the role of a priest. Now, I'm convinced some priests didn't get that memo. The priest, he adds, is called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt which preserves soundness and prevents purification. And light that shows forth the splendor of his sanctity and so enlightens others to imitate his virtues. Now, but should that light be changed into darkness, what must become of the world? Shall it not be brought to ruin? He asks, quoting St. Gregory the Great. He's quoting, you know, these great saints also on the role of the priest. This is something that these priests didn't get in the seminary training in my lifetime. I guarantee that. Why? Because I talked to my friends. I, we used to send these books in the 80s. Way back 40 years ago, we used to send cases of these books to all the seminaries to try and influence them in their formation, knowing that many of them weren't getting good formation. Yeah, we had donations do that for us. We were. I remember shipping them out. I... I got no regrets of that. I think, hey, you know what? I only got so many minutes to do. So anyhow, citing a 12th century French theologian and poet, Father Peter de Belos, he says that just as a father can cause his children to sin through being a poor role model, so the priest sins doubly when he gives a bad example to secularists. See, I'll give an example. I'm set it right out and out. I, I mean, because I'm a layman. I wish the Holy Father wouldn't use foul language. Yeah, he does. It's it's in the it's been written out. It's a scandal. Holy Father, please, I'm your I'm 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 like talking to my father as a child. Dad, knock it off. Please. Your example is poor for my children and my grandchildren. Yeah, I would say that to him. Because foul language has no place for the vigor of Christ or any priest. 
I've called out priests because they use foul language. No place for it. Priests are the head from which the virtue flows to the members, that is, to seculars, St. Alphonsus continues, quoting St. Ambrose. You notice we're quoting all these saints rather than quoting, you know, psychiatrists or sociologists. Give me a break. Says St. Ambrose says, but if the head is sick, says the prophet Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, from the sole of the foot unto the top of the head, there is no soundness therein. What a great analogy. You know, Monsignor George Kelly wrote a book, The Battle for the American Church, 1979. Got it here in my head. He says, where's the church going? Where its leaders take them. That's why it's so important to have holy men as priests and bishops, and popes, and all of our cardinals, everyone in leadership. The scandalous priest is the cause of the death of his spiritual children, writes St. Alphonsus. I'll just give you an example. I, I do hundreds of funerals here at our chapel. Saturday, I spend an hour with a young woman with a special needs child outside the church. She used to go to the Catholic church. She stopped going because she said, the priests were just weak. They didn't teach us anything. So I went to a fundamentalist church, and we're just so happy because they're teaching us from the Bible. Well, I tried to convince her about the Holy Eucharist and reading the Bible. The point of it is, scandal drives people away from the church. I'll repeat it. The scandalous priest is the cause of the death of his spiritual children. On the account of negligence of priests, heresies came into existence. That's church history. We've been here before, folks. He continues quoting Father D. Blois again on the account of sins of priests. The Holy Church of God has been covered with trodden dust. He says, Oh, how great the punishment which is reserved for a scandalous priest, St. Alphonsus exclaims. Yeah, the the road to hell is paved with priests, skulls, and bishops. That's what the saints have told us. What? Yep. If every secular that gives scandal and vengeance has been threatened, woe to the man by whom scandal come. Read the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 7. The Bible says it. How much more tremendous the scourge that shall fall on the scandalous priests whom God has chosen from all men for his own ministry. His bad example, he adds, robs Jesus Christ of souls redeemed by his blood. Man, I wouldn't want to be in that shoe, set of shoes. In the Lord's words to St. Bridget, another saint, he said, upon them greater maledictions um, will come because by their conduct they damn not only themselves but also others. And quoting St. John Chrysostom, if priests sin, all the people are led to sin. Hence, everyone must render, everyone must render uh, an account on his own sins. But the priests are responsible for the sins of others. I've, I've been told by people where the priest gives them immoral teachings in the confessional, saying, uh, masturbation, that's no, okay. Do you realize that? We need to pray for our priests every Thursday night here at our chapel. We get down on our knees and pray for priests because they need our prayers. Things are not good for the priesthood right now. The priest is entrusted to the care of cultivating the vineyard of the Lord. But he, the Lord, casts out the vineyard 
and the scandalous priests in places instead others will, will be brought forth good fruit, St. Alphonsus says. He will bring those evil men to an evil end and will let out his vineyard to others and shall render them the fruit of the due season. Wow! At last, what shall become of a scandalous priest on the day of judgment? Well, St. Alphonsus Liguori, doctor of the church, continues and says, the Lord will meet them as a bear would those, a bear would whose young are stolen or killed. We're going to finish a little bit more with St. Alphonsus and then we're going to get into the California situation about the churches being refunded money from the state of California. I love it. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back after a quick break. Wow, we're back again with my guardian angel. You know, the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Let's put them to work. And boy, am I putting them to work today. We're just, we just finished this article. I got one last statement about St. Alphonsus Liguori warning. He says, God sees scandalous priests as a bear sees threats to her cubs. And this is good advice because our priests need this message of holiness and not of worldliness. I, I was just telling my engineer, I, I won't say the names, but I've met priests who drive, you know, uh, $100,000 cars. Why are they driving $100,000 cars? Even if someone gave it to them. I know Fulton Sheen used to get Cadillacs given. He would sell them and, and then give them to uh, the missions, the money from it. So when you're a priest, you have to live a austere life. And I'll tell you why. Because the world is going to... It is attracting you to live a comfortable life. A priest's life is not comfortable. He's just like we offer our sacrifices for the salvation of souls, right? Their sacrifices are great, but they're all about the salvation of souls. Here's, I want to, I just want a closing with this. The saints, founder of the Redemptress, urged priests to also avoid actions which may be lawful, but could give scandal to others and other causes of scandal, such as giving the impression to certain worldly maximums. This is what I just said. These, he said, include such statements as, we must enjoy the present life. Happy the man who abides in riches, and God is full of mercy and has pity on us, even on sinners that persist in sin. Well, what St. Alphonsus Alphonsus says, after you, you only got so many opportunities to sin, you need to repent. So how scandalous would it be to praise persons for sinful conduct? That's what many people in the church are doing right now with regards to homosexuality. Pro, it's great that they came out. Yo, you came out of the closet to talk about your sexuality. Oh, you're so praise God. Where are they getting this from? Not from Christ, but from the world. It is worse, he says, adding that, quoting St. Saint John Chrysostom from saying, to praise those who do wrong than to do wrong our, is to do wrong ourselves. Wow. He has also uh, the misfortune of giving scandal or being an occasion of scandal is bound under the pain of grievous sin to prepare it by external good example. 
So I want to just say, if you have a keyword on your internet, just put St. Alphonsus Liguri Scandal Clergy Sexual Abuse. And you can, you know, check that out. It's uh, very sad that I had to bring this up because if we were having a holy church, we have holy priests, holy church. But right now the priests, uh, to give them an excuse, they got bad formation. And the seminaries need to bring back good, solid teachings. And they are. It's getting better. All right. Now my next topic, which is kind of interesting because I'm in California. California must pay churches $1.4 million for trying to make them fund abortions, judge rules. I love it when the churches hold the line on the morality because this is a significant victory for the churches and their conscience rights of their members and other religious organizations. Here it comes. Two, not just one. Federal courts have ruled against the state of California, 40 million people, <laughs> over its efforts to force churches to subsidize elective abortions with state officials agreeing to pay the religious institution $1.4 million in legal fees. This battle's been going on for over, almost a decade. 2014, several churches have been resisting California administrative action, which they wanted to force all employers to cover elective abortions as a basic health care in health insurance plans, regardless of religion or moral objections. Now, what I did give President Trump credit for was his administration threatened to withhold federal funding to California for infringing on religious freedom. Thank you, President Trump. Mr. Trump, uh, we need people like you who will stand up for that. But Californians under their state attorney general, uh, Bacaria, who's actually a baptized Catholic, and now he's the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, he battled us for years on this issue. Again, Catholics, Pelosi, Biden, they're all scandal to the Catholic faith. Why? Because they say they're Catholic, but their actions undermine the Catholic Church's position. Now, there's a group called Alliance Defense Freedom, the ADF, has been representing four churches. And, you know, I, I, I wish I could say they were all Catholic churches. I wish I could. They're all Protestant. They're all evangelicals. Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, I know them well. There are two separate lawsuits on the subject. They contend that the California Department of Managed Health Care imposed new mandates without passing new laws or regulations or so much of public input. They said, yo, you're going you're gonna to pay for abortions. No, we're not. Well, really? We're going to sue you over this. Well, go ahead. First century Christians again. One suit received a successful verdict against the state last August. And I talked about that. And on Friday, the ADF announces that it has secured judgment in both of the lawsuits, affirming that all four churches have a First Amendment right to obtain from supporting, to abstain from supporting abortions, which California violated. See, I, if, I, if I didn't have to, my tax dollars in California, I oppose it. I don't want them spending it on killing unborn babies. Or my, state, my state and federal taxes are doing that. I, I, you know, that's it. 
That's how, but the, the churches who said, you know what, we have a right not to do that. So accordingly, California officials have agreed to pay the religious institutions all this money. He says the government can't force a church. Remember this, folks, when they start trying to pressure us. The government cannot force a church or any other religious employer to violate their faith and conscience by participating in funding abortions. Boy, the ADF senior counsel, Jeremiah Gallus, said, for years, California officials, in collaboration with Planned Parenthood, ooh, two bed feathers, feathers uh, brothers, okay, Planned Parenthood have unconstitutionally targeted faith-based organizations. See, they're going after us. We have to stand strong. This is a significant victory for the churches we represent, the attorney said. The conscience rights of their members and other religious organizations that shouldn't be ordered by the government to violate some of their deepest faith convictions. Now, I agree with him, and we have to fight this. 14 states, are you aware of that? 14, it's interesting, uh, they're all um, Republican, just a note, not Democrat. Because if you read the platform of the Democratic Party and the platform of the Republican Party at this moment, one says we're for killing unborn babies. That's the Democrat. Republican says we're preserving uh, life at all costs. So currently ban almost abortions thanks to the reversal of Roe putting uh, abortion back in the hands of the Democratic process but forced financial assistance for the abortion in states where it remains legal, like in Colorado with that um, Mr. Warren Hearn, who we're going to pray for, been doing abortions for 50 years. We need to pray for him because it's not too late for him to convert. He'd be another Bernard Nathanson who who did 75,000 abortions in his career and then converted to being pro-life and and died as a a Roman Catholic. (coughs) So whether by taxpayers or private entities, it is one that the abortion lobby, many tactics, has preserved abortion access in this new landscape without regard for the wishes of freedom of others, as Catholic actions indicate. Wow. Other strategies include easing distribution of abortion pills, legal protection of financial support of interstate abortion travel. Yeah, they're doing all that. Attempting to enshrine rights to the practice of the state constitutions, attempting to construct new abortion facilities near borders shared by pro-life and pro-abortion states, making liberal states sanctuaries like California for those who want to evade to violate their more pro-life neighbors. Unfortunately, Mr. Joe Biden called to Congress to codify the right to abortion in the federal law, which could only restore but expand Roe versus Wade. This is our president, and that's why I need to pray for him also. I want to mention... We're wanting to do, we just sent an email telling people we're in need of some funding. You notice I don't do it every couple months to ask for donations, but right now I am. We're in need of some big donations. And I mean, you know, if you can write a $1,000 check, please do to, v, to vmpr.org. If you want to just call me and say, I want to donate and I want to chat with you, I give my cell number out, 661-972-7872. That's 661-972-7872. We've got some issues that we need to cover our bills and some f- future projects we're working on to help save souls. And again, we don't do this 
unless we need it. So I don't have it every couple months. But when we need some support, financial support, I ask. And you know what? God provides. Because you souls, the souls that are listening appreciate our straight talk Catholicism here. We're not right versus left. We're right versus wrong. And I, I just called out President Trump today, uh, former President Trump, for not being totally pro-life on, uh, being a pro-lifer on this abortion issue. I mean, I thank him for what he did to the three Supreme Court justices. But, you know, we want more because we want a touchdown. We want to stop all abortions in this country. So if you can support us, and I would really appreciate it, go to vmpr.org, become a monthly donor at $25 a month or more, and you get all kinds of downloads, hundreds of dollars worth of downloads that I've recorded for the last 30 or 40 years. Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, uh, Father Bill Casey, all the good guys you know. And they're going to be yours. But if you could, because we are in need of financial support right at this moment. Call us at 877-526-2151 or call me later after the show, 661-972-7872. Up next, our update from Church Militant News, what's happening in the world of Catholicism, and much more. I'll say it now. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Indeed, we've got Nick over at Church Militant joining us for our, our update on the Church Militant update on Catholic News. Brother, welcome. Hey, Terry. How you doing today? I'm blessed by the best, brother, and I'm always honored to have you Talk about our Catholic faith and how we can better promote it and live it. So, what's going on? What's what do you have? What stories do you have to share with our listeners, brother? Yeah, before we before we start that, I just want to let everybody know that um, Church Militant was banned for from YouTube for the last week. So, oh. hopefully, we'll be back around Friday or Saturday. But uh, a video we made a special three years ago, uh, calling out pedophilia in Hollywood, yeah. got recently uh, tagged by YouTube, and so caused us to uh, get a weak ban. And can so, I can I jump in for that? Because this has happened yeah. to us. We we were banned a couple years ago on YouTube, our um, YouTube channel for speaking out on the um, on the uh, COVID vaccinations. Um, it just seems to me that this was so many years ago. It, it, there. Church Militant, I'm sure, has many people who would love to see you guys disappear. And mm-hmm. I bet they have somebody working on everything you guys do to criticize and see ways of getting rid of of uh, you. And I'm going to imagine somebody caught that because it, wasn't, it took years for it to be caught. So I'm going to say that I think it's a fair statement that you must be doing something right. Yeah, I think so. And just to reiterate, everything is on our website and other, other other social medias as well. So you can always find us there. But the the first thing we want to talk about is so Monday and Tuesday we did vortexes where Michael and I sat down and okay. really discussed Archbishop Lori and what's going on yes. in Baltimore. Yes. Because recently, uh, you know, the AG report came out. And then these new names that were redacted came out as these priests who were claimed to be a cover-up artist. And now Archbishop Lori is denying that. (laughs) But so we had the Monday vortex, which centered around that and his 
track record with other things like when he was in the Bridgeport Diocese and all that. And then Tuesday we had a vortex where we went through a hundred so pages of documents of a, sem of a former seminarian who his family sent us these documents of just uh, documentation of how he had been harassed in both minor and major seminary and how the archdiocese and we have a letter from Lori himself who received all of these things and never did anything about it. Yeah. And, and I might add, the receipts, everything, they had it so organized that it's pretty clear what was going on. There's no ambiguity here. And I and I appreciate that because, you know, we we just did a show today on St. Alphonsus Liguori on the dignities and duties of the priesthood and showing how scandal really does undermine the faith. So uh, I would imagine, you know, you really are doing a service to the Catholic Church by exposing these priests or bishops that are undermining the faith and being a scandal because I, I think our our comment was this. Uh, St. Alphonsus says uh, that God sees scandalous priests as a bear sees threats to her cubs. So keep up the good work. What else? What, is there anything else that you want to... Because I want people to watch that. I did watch it, and I thought you did a great job on it. Yeah, thank you. And just to, before we go on, with that one, yeah. yeah, the Archdiocese put him through this stuff for years in his yes. family. Th this person who thought he had a call to the priesthood yeah. not only left Look. seminary, the whole family basically left the faith. Of course. Be be because, of, because of what happened through the Archdiocese and all of its officials. And you know what, my friend? In my 43 years of being an evangelist, I have talked to so many people. Even, like I said, last Saturday at a funeral, same thing happened. Scandalous priests. The people left, they're in the Protestant church, they're never going to come back. And this is why uh, Monsignor George Kelly wrote the book, The Battle for the American Church. He said, "Where you're, where's the church going? Where its leaders take them? That's why what you're doing in exposing the scandals in the church is actually a great service because we need to get rid of this um, uh, evil, and I'll call it an evil scandal that's going on in the church because it's ruining souls. Yeah, absolutely. So going on from that, we have a, we have a very weird one in France. We have all these talk about digital ID yeah, I saw that. and all yeah. that's going on. Yeah. So in France now, yeah. priests are going to be required right. to have these digital IDs mm -hmm. that have these QR codes. Yeah, I'm in good standing. <laughs> You can scan them, and, and you'll get either like a like a stoplight, like a re, like a green means you know he has no restrictions. He's all good. He's a good priest. Yeah. Like the yellow is like he's not allowed to be around children, yeah. and then the red is that he's been stripped from his ministry. Like that's that's where things are going. It's I, it's almost like is this microphone on? Is that true? I mean, give me a break, Nick. This is where we're going. Huh. Get yeah, going. And, the victims, uh, some past victims and all are calling this just a big publicity stunt. Oh, yeah. And, and they're really saying that this is crazy that you would have something like this. It's either a man in ministry should yeah. either be someone who is clean or he shouldn't be in ministry. There, should, there shouldn't be this, I'm wondering, has Father ever been charged with any crimes of yeah. sex abuse or if he's been you know, credibly accused? No, if he's been this way, he shouldn't be a priest. Of course not. Step down. That's, and you know what, Nick? Uh, you know this. Every Catholic priest made promises, just like I made a promise when I got married to, be, uh, to live out my vows. And one of those questions... 
Are you resolved to maintain the deposit of faith entire and incorrupt as handed down by the apostles and professed by the church everywhere and at all times? If you say yes, then live it. If you can't do that, step down. And that's why I think what you're doing is a service to the church because you're exposing the slum, the error that's going on in the, in the priesthood where these people are not living their priesthood. And I'd rather have them out. I don't think it's important uh, to just look the other way. I think it's wrong because that's ruining the Catholic Church. We need to call them out. And, out of, and this is actually a charitable thing, what you're doing, because they can also repent once they realize what they're doing is wrong. And one way to realize it is wrong is when your superiors call you out. Yeah, I, I'd rather have, you know, much fewer priests of and a longer drive to church. That's right. And, and be assured that these men actually care about the priesthood. Amen. Than, than have an abundance of priests and worried about, you know, is Father really serious about his calling? Is he actually going to lead me or other souls to heaven? Yeah. Great point. And what else? We got a couple of like four or five more minutes. What else do you have going, my friend? Yeah, I think, I think the last one is uh, something I think I heard you touch on earlier. This whole DeSantis and Trump oh, yeah. uh, going back and forth on abortion. Because, yeah, yeah I mean, President Trump calling DeSantis' six-week ban too harsh. And then DeSantis relaying that, you know, this is what pro-lifers actually agree with. They, yeah. they don't want... They, they don't want babies to be killed. And even, yeah. even then, it, it's, it's crazy that we're saying it's too harsh that, you know, it's six weeks. It's, it's too harsh that, you know, we can, we can, you know, restrict any kind of abortions. But that is exactly the opposite. If you're actually a pro-lifer, yeah. then you want 100% of abortions gone or you're not a pro-lifer. I totally agree. And Monsignor William Smith, moral theologian for Cardinal O'Connor, taught me my moral theology. And I, I think I said it, maybe I didn't say this, but there's no perfect candidate, okay, unless Jesus, Mary, or St. Joseph are running. And so what we have to look at as Catholics is who's going to move the football closer to the first down or the touchdown, and there's no perfect person. But whoever's going to bring it closer, that's who we vote for. And so that's why I brought up the issue with President Trump, because I think what President Trump did is he compromised, and I just think that's sad because he did give us three good Supreme Court justices. But, you know, I, I voted for President Trump, but when somebody does something that is not a, that is against my moral teachings of the church, I'm going to call him out and say, hey, that's not good enough. Yeah, that's what we have to do. It's they have all these politicians have all these voices in their ears from all these different lobbies and different people who, of course, don't want the agenda that we want. We want a godly nation. Amen. And so we have to be even louder than them in That's saying, right. no, we do want these total bans. I like, don't listen to these people because uh, realistically, they can't afford to lose our vote. These other guys, you know, they're going to vote for them regardless. A lot of people aren't going to just switch and go vote for Joe Biden. But if you lose these people who are good pro-lifers who are That's saying, you know what, if you're not going to do anything for the pro-life movement, we're just we're just going to vote for you know a third-party candidate. We're not going to vote at all because no one's actually seeking to make this country Christ-like. You can't afford to lose those votes. Right, and I agree with that. And again. Uh, Nick, the, the point I'm making is I'm disappointed in President Trump saying that. Yeah. Again, uh, when we vote with a Catholic conscience, we should vote uh, with that and knowing who is going to lead, like who's going to be the best candidate that's going to bring us closest 
to our Catholic morality? And I think that's the, the question we ask, rather than who's going to support me in my financial pocket or who's going to give me more benefits of social things that, you know, my Social Security, as much as you, I'm a, I'm a retired guy, but the point of it is, the heck with that, when we're killing unborn babies, we got to pull out and say, not on my watch. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. We vote for whoever is the best, and that's we right. also still call that person to more. Like, well said. We don't, In addition. We, don't, we don't stop calling them to leading yeah, a better but, life and to being to putting in better policies that we want. It's not, it doesn't matter what the platform they're yeah. running on is. We, we're calling them all the way to living a Catholic moral awesome. life. Awesome. Nick, the resistance program, I want to give a plug to that. How can people participate when they see crazy things that are going on in their diocese you usually have representatives, at least in most of the major dioceses around the country. Can you share with our listeners how that works? Yeah, so you can always go to our website at churchmilitant.com. You can go to the resistance tab, sign up for that. And so what it is most all is to gather like-minded good Catholics to be able to pray together, to study together, all these things, and to be able to go out in the community to form small organ to, to be able to fall, go out there in small groups and whatever that's that's what it really is it's all about locality yeah. that's that's how we're going to solve things you see it in florida you see it in other states where they're banning these things that they're yeah. trying to do nationally because it really is all about what you're doing in your local parishes in your diocese and that's what's going to end up making the bigger impact in a lot of ways and so gathering these people that are around you, like-minded, and, and calling out the things that need to be called out. Well said, Nick. I want to thank you for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. We'll look forward to next week. Same time, same station. God bless you, brother. God bless. You got it. If Jesse was here, I'd say, Jess, what state should we be living in? He'd say, hey, the state of grace. And I'd say, you're right, Jess. Let's don't... How do we do that? By staying close to the sacrament of confession. By making visits to the Blessed Sacrament, by praying your rosary, doing all these good things that your spiritual warfare people do. That's what we need to do because we're in a battle for life, our, our eternal salvation. And remember our Blessed Mother at Fatima. She said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. That's us. We make those sacrifices for the salvation of souls, especially that abortionist man for 50 years, Warren Hearn. Let's offer sacrifices for his conversion, for President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, all of those. Let's pray for that. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. God bless you and your family.